Today we're finishing up the sermon series, Why Church? And as we have been in this sermon series for some weeks now, we've been recognizing that we are in a culture today that's not as friendly to church or faith. Um, Maybe even a little bit uh, anti what we stand for to a large degree. And yet it's the people in this culture that we're called to reach for Christ. You know, today we're going to be looking at um, the unique charge that we have to care for individuals in love or through love. That's our charge. You, you know, as I was listening to this song, you know, when, how do we fight our battles? And, and we're surrounded by, by, by God, right? God, God may call us in the midst of our battles as God surrounds us with his love, to extend that love to another. Just think about that. Think about that. You know, what is the difference in, 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 in Christian care for individuals, love of individuals, and simply altruistic kind of response? A, a response that is, is selflessness or Or beliefs and actions made toward others and their own well-being. What makes the Christian response of love and care different? That's what I want to deal with today. You know, we care for others based on our Christian understanding that it is actually Christ's care for others through us. That's pretty unique. It's about who we are and whose we are. And what we're called to do as children of God. You know, sometimes I think we get, cons- we get um, confused about who we are and whose we are. And, 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 and sometimes I think that we may even be guilty of thinking that our response is, is based on our own ability. And our own goodness, if you will. You know, I read a funny story this week about a politician who had delivered a speech. It was, went over very well in this convention where he was speaking and you know, at the end of the speech, you know, the, the, the crowd got on their feet and they, they gave him a standing ovation. And as the story goes, as uh, he and his wife were in the limousine riding back to the hotel, uh, this uh, congressman said, you know, honey, they're just not a whole lot of great men in the world anymore. And she said, yeah, honey, and there's one less than you think there is. <laughs> It's important to know who we are. And, and, and perhaps that, that the best of our ability is not based on us, but is based on a love of God beyond us that works through us. So, so how can we boast about another's love that's working through us? All we can do is humble ourselves and be thankful for the way that God loves through us. You know, I want us to turn to one of the last books in the Bible today. It's an epistle. It's the epistle of John. It's the first letter, if you will, of John. And, and John, the author of this, is not the same John who was the disciple. This was written about 100 A.D. or so. So that John would have been deceased. This is, this is a, a John who is a pastor type. And he's, he's addressing a people who are in the midst of a culture that is not friendly to the Christian way. In fact, has become very violent 
against Christians. It's a pagan world. And, and you almost get the sense that this author of 1 John is trying to instill a sense of confidence and encouragement in them who may feel completely overwhelmed by the world in which they're called to serve. But one of the real enduring aspects of 1 John is the way 1 John addresses the audience or his congregants as pastor. Over and over and over again, he talks to his people as little children. And you would think that if, 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 if this author is talking to um, his audience as little children, that maybe he's a, an older person and maybe he is kind of a grandfather type because he knows that the people who are reading his letter and, and those who are hearing his letter are adults and yet he still says little children. Or maybe what this author is doing is trying to seize the, the sentiment of God in those writings. What God wants us to hear about who we are as his little children. In 1 John, the second chapter, the first verse, we read, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Through Jesus Christ, the righteous. Isn't that a wonderful promise? And then in 1 John 2, 28, we read this. And now, little children, abide in Him so that when He is revealed, we may have confidence and not be put to shame before Him at His coming. And then... 1 John 3, we're going to be reading out of this chapter, but a latter verse, the 18th verse, says, Little children, let us love, not in word and speech, but in truth and action. And now let's turn in our Bibles and the scripture that will come on the screen is the third chapter of 1 John. And we're going to be reading uh, beginning with the first verse. Let's stand for the reading of God's word. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When He is revealed... We will be like him, for we will see him as he is. And all who have this hope purify themselves, just as Christ is pure. Everyone who commits sin is guilty of lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. You know that he was revealed to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Everyone who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. And everyone who commits sin is a child of the devil. For the devil has put sin, sinning, has been sinning from the beginning. 
This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. You know, a definition of sin is not the little things that we do, but it is separation from God. That's sin. And in that separation, we sin and we act out of not our, the best of who we are, but we act out of that which is away from God or removed from God. You know, last week, the little children were in here, right? Kids sing, right? And um, I began to get videos uh, all afternoon from parent types and grandparent types about our little children singing. And they were singing that rendition, This Little Light of Mine. Of course, they were doing it very well. And you had these solos, and then the whole group just explodes into this wonderful rendition of This Little Light of Mine. And it was fantastic. And you know, I love kids sing. I love kids sing because um, they're very well trained. You know, Emily Fry does a really great job with them. But I, I really love them because of who they are. And, and I love them for their look, you know, all colors. and It's such a diverse group. But I, I love them especially for their stories. You know, one of the little children who sang... She was adopted. And, and I remember how wonderful an experience that was. And, and one of the, the, the children who, who sang, I knew she was a refugee. And there are other children who were immigrants. And there are other children whose stories just completely um, move you nearly to tears to know the background of the family. And here, for some reason, God's brought us all together at Lover's Lane in this little kids' choir. And they get up here and they sing to us. And they sing to us about what we little children should know. And that is that we're called to be the light of God's love in the world. But there's such a testimony of who we're called to be. Loving all people into relationship with Jesus Christ. And I love the... Um, I love the sign choir. And when they, when they sign in one of our worship services and they bring song to sign, it is moving to me. Thank you, Melinda, for all you do. And you know, the, the Zimbabwean ensemble and the Heart of Africa band, they, they have such spirited music that just draws us so close. And our own crosswalk band, what a fantastic group of musicians that we have and the stories that we've heard them share and testimonies and, and they not only draw us closer to God but their testimonies about how God has drawn them closer to him it, they're so moving it's such a testament of how God loves others through us and how God loves us through others I want to say just a word this morning about um, little children and, and what that means to us as little children. I read a story this week about a, a, a little Sunday school um, um, a scene where there were kids who were playing with a, a substance that was kind of like Play-Doh, but it wouldn't dry out. You know how Play-Doh, you had to put the lid on or you were crying the next day, right? 
put this substance. They were making these little figures and molding these little figures. And one little girl made this little creature with wings. And, and she held it up and she said, what's this? And of course in unison, nearly the whole group said, it's an angel. And so she took that angel and then she began to mold it again and, and roll it again. And, you know, roll it up and roll it up. And she held that new figure before the group. She said, and what is this? One little boy said, well, it, it looks like a ball. She said, no, it's a hiding angel. <laughs> now you think about that. You think about that lesson. A hiding angel. You, you know, in essence, that's who we are, little children. We have God in us because we are created in the image of God and that image is that love of God what John says in 1st John I, that I love so much that that God is love and if you don't love you don't love God because God is love and he so weds who God is and who we are as, as God's love that, that we have to understand that that love of God that's in us is being revealed we're created in the image of God and God longs to adopt us as his sons and his daughters now I want us to understand this about God and adoption we are all who choose to be God's adopted daughters and sons all of us I mean God initiated our adoption Right? And we symbolize that with baptism, especially of a little child, because we say that before this little child could ever love God, God's already said, I want to adopt this one. And He said that about you and you and you and you and you and you. And, 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 and when we baptize a little child, we take a vow as the church and we say, We're going to nurture, we're going to care for this individual, we're going to love this individual until this individual can say for herself, and I love God and I want to be adopted. You hear it? It's like a teenager that parents want to adopt and they say, we want to adopt you. But that, that teenager has, has uh, the will to say, I want to be adopted or I don't want to be adopted, right? And yet when, when, when we know God wants to adopt us and we know we have that choice. And when we say, and we want to be God's adopted child, then we live into what it means. To be God's little child. You know in Romans we read this great verse. God sent forth his son to redeem those under the law. So that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters. We're no longer under the law. We're under the parent love of God. That calls us to live out that love in the world. You know, I, I, I want to say that we remember, first of all, who we are as God's little children. And then we remember this, this great promise that we have in 1 John of who we will become. I want you to get in touch with that. That God is not finished with you yet unless you are absolutely the perfect revelation of God's love to everyone. Anybody reach that, you can leave the room. 
This text makes it so clear. Beloved, we are God's children now. It does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when He, the Christ, appears, we shall be like Him. This means that we live in an intimate fellowship with Christ. And that's what makes the kind of care and love that we're called to share with others different. And in this living fellowship, the Holy Spirit moves us. And moves us to reach out in service to others. Moves us to work for justice and mercy according to God's justice and mercy. And, 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 and it moves us to be more than we are because it's Christ working through us in the power of the Holy Spirit that's making us into the likeness of Christ and God's love. You know, I have a, a pastor friend who... Um, who retired a few years ago. His name was, is Bill Balknight, and he preached in Memphis, Tennessee. And, and uh, he shared a story a few years ago, I heard him share it, that was about one of his seminary professors named Bob Stamps, Dr. Bob Stamps. And he told this story that, that uh, Dr. Stamps was, was bald even when he was a young man, okay? And, and he had two young children, and as the story goes, the Stamps were going out on a date that night and they'd left the two children, one five, one four, with the babysitter. And the babysitter, she got interested in a television program and she paid very little attention to these kids who seemed to be playing fine on their own. And so when the Stamps got home, little Peter Andrew, the five-year-old, he burst into the room and... Um, and, and, and he had a strip shaved out of his head. It was a reverse mohawk. And Dr. Stamp said, Peter Andrew, what have you done? I've told you not to, to ever use my electric shaver. And, and why did you do that? And then he starts scolding the babysitter a little bit. You know, why, why did you let this happen? And, and, and so he, he's going on and on. And, and little Peter Andrew's about to cry. And then Peter Andrew said, well, wait till you see my sister. And when little Elizabeth came out of the room, she was completely shaved bald. And it's unclear whether Peter Andrew did the honors or she did them herself. And so uh, Dr. Dr. Stamps, he begins to really get on to the kids. I mean, you should never have done that. You could have cut yourself and, you know, your hair is a mess and going on and on and on. And, and, and then... Uh, Little Peter Andrew threw his tears and said, But Dad, we both were just trying to look like you. And Dr. Stamp said, What do you say to that? But, but because it was more than his baldness that they were trying to imitate. They wanted to look like their daddy because of who their daddy was to them. He wasn't Dr. Stamps. He was the one who tucked them in bed at night. He was the one who sang lullabies to them. He was the one who showed uh, them an, an image of God's love uh, over and over and over again. They wanted to look like their daddy. You let that sink in a while. I don't want us to all go out and shave our heads. 
But I do want us to think about what it means. Some of you don't need very much work. But all of us need to think about what it means to want to look like Christ. Want to be like Christ. Want to love like Christ. Not just in, in speech, but in action. You know, yesterday, <clears throat> Saturday, I was looking for a comfortable, long-sleeved, casual shirt. You know, I didn't have to dress up. I didn't have to go anywhere. It was my day, and I wanted, it was a little chilly, so I wanted a long sleeve shirt. Do you have your favorite long sleeve shirt that just kind of feels right? You know, it, it's just there. I mean, it's, it, it, and, and I, I picked out a shirt that's, oh, it's eight or ten years old, I guess, and it's a fishing shirt, and it has a little embroidered uh, logo. It's a brown trout, and above it, it says the Kaiser Classic, and underneath, it says Soul Man. That's Kind of what my group, that this fishing group that, that, that did this Kaiser Classic, that's the name they gave me. I don't know why. But all of them had little nicknames underneath the fish, you know. Kaiser Classic, fish, and the nickname. And I love this shirt. You know, it's just perfectly, it's got the perfect amount of starch. It was just home from the cleaners. And it was just waiting on me to put it on for my Saturday. And a funny thing happened to me because, you know, on Saturday I've been working on this sermon and, and uh, it was time to call it uh, quits for the morning. And I was putting on this shirt and I got to thinking about this shirt. I got to thinking about this shirt and what really gave birth to this shirt. It was a fishing trip of a group that we call BIC, Brothers in Christ. We've been together for nearly 18 years, and we were fishing on the White River in Arkansas, and we were at this beautiful lodge. We'd just finished a great day of fishing, and we were, uh, we'd finished a great meal, and we were sitting on the porch, and we, these men were just talking among themselves. And then we started talking about our faith and, and started hearing from one another their testimonies. And one in our midst, he said, you know, the Lord brought me closer to him through the birth of our special son. I remember when that child was born. I remember that he spent two months in ICU. We didn't know if he was going to live. And, 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 and this testimony went on. This father was saying, you know, and it was just every day somebody from the church was there to pray with us to love us, to care for us in essence. He said it wasn't just the pastors, even though he singled out one of our associate pastors, Dudley Dancer, as one who came all the time. But he said it was you and it was others. And he, he said, I just knew as Sam started getting better that, that this church, there, there's nothing I could ever do to say thank you enough to this church. And he said, my walk with the Lord today and the things that I do uh, for other special needs children. It's because of the love of God that I received from you. And then somebody pointed out another one of our group. Who had been working with special kids for ever since we had a. Before we had a rays of light. He was working with special kids. And one of those special kids was Sam. And Sam calls uh, this one in our group Mr. Steve. 
And, and Mr. Steve, on Friday nights for years, would go up here to the church and would play with Sam for three hours. And, and we, we were talking about how we really loved what we saw in Mr. Steve and the way he loved others, especially special needs kids, especially special needs kids. And then somebody said, how did you get involved in working with special kids? And he said, when I was in high school, went to a Catholic high school. He said, we had a, we had a class that, that, that we had to do something related to our Christian values of care for someone else. And said, one of our professors had a special child, and I just decided that my project was going to be to be with this child for two hours every week. And he said, but when the class was over, I couldn't stop. Because during that time, I, I loved what I felt when I was with him. And I loved the way he responded. And in essence, he started talking just exactly like we're talking about here today. It was the love of Christ coming out of me. And I love the way I feel. I feel when the love of Christ comes out of me and loves somebody else. And I can't take credit for it, he said. It's beyond me and my ability. It was a beautiful night. And, and a few weeks after that night, one of our members of the group, John Kaiser, died suddenly. It was such a blow. And I remember how this group responded. With so much love and care to Jenna and to Gracie and Henry, who were little children at that time. And, and what a difference it made in this, this time of great tragedy in a family. And then a few months after that, another member of our group, David McLaren, he died quite suddenly. And I remember seeing the members of this group and members of this church and the way that they, they loved Kathleen and the way we loved one another because we were also heartbroken. And friends, it's just another reminder of what we do and how we do it is based on knowing who we are as gods uh, as created in the image of God and, and whose we are as gods and who God is calling us to be and how God is making us into his likeness of love if we choose to be his adopted daughters and sons. Friends, I hope that you today know that you are not only created in the image of God by God, but God has adopted you. And he loves you as his little child. And through the power of the Holy Spirit wants to teach you to love like Jesus. And in doing so, you will discover an understanding of who you are that, is, that feels so good and is so overwhelming that you'll realize you're just getting in touch 
with who God created you to be. The love that God has shared with us is the love we are charged to share with others. Amen.